welcome everybody to Bar Talk, the Spirits and Beverage Podcast at the Relief and Resource Company in Fenton, Michigan. I am your host, John Foley, as always. I am here with Mark Miller. Hello, hello. And our special guest, uh, guest podcaster, uh, Hassan Rutherford, an yes. old friend who is a uh, <laughs> local wine professional, sommelier at Single Barrel Social in Brighton, Michigan, which is just down the street in Livingston County, about 20, 25 minutes away from where we record this. Uh, although we did work together for years oh, yeah. uh, down the street at the laundry. And he is going to take us through some uh, Italian white wines, of a, a, a region, regions and bridles that we're uh, really excited about that I think will be great additions to your fridge or your cellar for this spring and summer. So we're kind of doing a little bit of a seasonal show and checking out some of these uh, wines that maybe haven't crossed your radar, but are definitely very affordable, extremely food-friendly, and really exciting. And get you away from just pounding Sauv Blanc and Rosé this summer, which there's nothing wrong with. I will drink the crap out of both those varietals. Yes. However, variety is fun. Uh, also, a uh, quick mention to our production partners at iLogic Media. Thank you, as always, for everything that you do. Check out all the rest of their content. Uh, they have expanded some of their stuff. There's more history stuff. Yes. There's uh, a little bit more of uh, political content. Mm -hmm. And also, this is a great time for those fantasy baseball fantasy podcasts. Fantasy baseball, into yes. Them. Uh, Tigers were up on the Red Sox 3-1 when, when I sat down. So we'll see. Yes. See if they can inch over 500. But They won uh, uh, They won. Last night's nice game. Last, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said a bomb. Yeah. Yeah, and he stared at me. It's great. So uh, we have five wines, five variant varietals, five yes. different varietals. Uh, the unifying um, characteristics are Italy and, and dry. And dry. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing about Italian wines is we are all very familiar with these super sexy Italian red wines. As a matter of fact, when you say Italy, most people are already thinking about Chianti Classico or, yes. or a Barolo or something, you know, stuff like that. But I think that a lot of people, uh, because you spend too much time in grocery stores at the end cap, uh, focus on New Zealand soft blancs and whatever rosé happens to land in your hand. And I think you're missing out on uh, some really fantastic stuff that's very affordable and very food friendly from Italy. I think a good chunk of the understanding of Italian varietals in, in, a, in a strictly layman sense is really Pinot Grigio and Prosecco. Yeah. Uh, Italy has so much, so much more to offer. That Moscato's gotten a bad name. I didn't bring any Moscato because I wanted There's to There's good on, Moscato. There's some really good yeah. Moscato. I didn't bring any because I, I, I felt like that was a name that most people are familiar with. I'll sexy up and drink some Moscato, though. Amen. You know, hallelujah. Yeah, if I'm, feeling, my if I'm feeling breezy and I have some some melon handy, <laughs> I'm not doing that without a pair of driving slippers and some driving slippers. Driving slippers. It's it's a it's that slipper that has a little clasp on it that's made out of velvet that goes underneath with the little little knobs. Oh, oh man, shit. And you, you got you got to wear the velvet blazer with that bad boy too. I don't have one. I'm putting my pinky out. Yeah, I'm going to put my pinky out later anyway because this I, feels good to stretch. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> got to got to spread your base. Mm -hmm. Downward dog pinky. So, uh, God damn it. <laughs> excellent. So we're, we're starting. We're starting with some uh, one of my favorite Italian whites, and we're starting with uh, Suave. So um, Suave uh, comes from a region of Italy actually called Suave, uh, central northern Italy. Um, Veneto, it's actually part of Veneto. It's a sub-appellation. 
Um, the grape is typically 70% Garganaga, and then you often have uh, a little bit of a Trebbiano di Suave thrown in there. But this one that we're trying, Inama, is a Suave Classico, and it is 100% um, uh, Garganaga. Is that a requirement designation for Suave Classico? It it has to be at least 70%. Oh, it has to be 70%. Okay. Garganaga. How often do you see the 100% jump? A lot, actually. Yeah. Recently, uh, the Trebbiano and Suave is a tricky grape to grow, and it's kind of a pain in the butt. So you've seen a lot of people kind of giving up on that one because it doesn't necessarily add anything. But will that eventually right. change the like the the region's stylistic style? Like, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, will will Suave Classico eventually, because of the difficulty in cultivation of the Trebbiano, will Suave I, change? I think the nature of wine dictates that things that are difficult to grow are interesting to grow. So you see a lot of growers sticking with those grapes that are prima donnas. You yeah. see them be, because they want to be able to say, hey, hey. Yeah, I, I got this. this. Yeah, I, I, I uh, did this thing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's actually really relieving to hear. You know, because you don't want it to be too, too ultimately streamlined. Well, I mean, it, it, when we're talking about the, uh, the 1,800 varietals that grow throughout the world, um, that are seen in wine bottles. Um, we've lost maybe 3,000 varietals mm -hmm. before that. I mean, completely lost production of. Uh, um, Tiburon in France would be one, that oh, would be one the, that's, um, on the, that's on the cusp of being lost right now. Close to bon. Yeah, Close to bon, uh, Rosé yeah. uh, is made with Tiburon, and Tiburon is That contributes gone. to the red, right, too, yeah. that they produce? Yeah. It's 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 almost gone. They yeah. are one of the last two producers, if I'm not mistaken, that are still making that a tiny little pocket in yeah. Languedoc, and that's it. That's it. That's awesome. So I mean, you and see, sad. <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 awesome to get the wine, but it's sad that they're that the last dying. ones yeah. making it. So uh, I wanted to start with this one because it is of all of the varietals I've gotten. It is, um, I'd, I'd say, the softest um, and has the most breadth. When we um, tasted it before the show, that I think that's exactly how I felt, especially about it on the like the mid palate aspect of it, the impact. Excuse me. It's it's lovely. I mean, and it's fantastic food wine. I'm gonna uh, go ahead and pour you some. Okay. We're gonna get you liquored up, John. That's fine, and I'll pass. We I'll, usually do. <laughs> this won't be like the rum shows where I drink an, an entire zombie. Oh God, the rum shows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with that rum train's gonna pull out of the uh, station again later on the summer. I yes, it will. So uh, on the palate, um, one of the things that's consistent with Italian wines is uh, a bit of salinity um, up front. Uh, Italian whites, including Pinot Grigio, and the reason, uh, if I can clarify. John knows this of me that I've never been a huge fan of Pinot Grigio as a varietal because I feel like it's okay. I'm not either, but... okay, okay, so if you're watching the show, you're really interested in wine. Quick, think of your favorite Pinot Grigio. I bet you can't because no. you can't. It's it's <laughs> it's that guy you met at the party that seemed nice enough that ten minutes after you met him, you can't remember his name. <laughs> Just so... like thinking of your favorite Dylan McDermott performance. <laughs> you can't because there aren't they any don't good exist. ones. <laughs> But the pedigree is there, right? Because Pinot Gris and Pinot Blanc are good. They're and good. It's really cool wine. They're the same. They're actually genetically the same grape, yeah. just in various forms of, of mutation. Um, all the Pinots are are related. There are just in various forms of, of mutation. Uh, for some reason, Pinot Grigio has found itself the milk toast brother, <laughs> sitting in the back corner, <laughs> staring at the wall. Oh man. <laughs> What was Bill Clinton's brother? Was it Roger Clinton? It's that guy. 
trying well, to get like a free sandwich at a hot chicken place based yeah, on his brother being president. I always thought of Roger Clinton as Roger. Thank you. The, the kind of guy that had a band aid that was like one third off and <laughs> yeah. some scrapes that he couldn't explain. Yeah. <laughs> his parole officer was still looking for him. <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah. This is this is mild. Um there's a really lovely greenness on the front end that speaks to Italian spices. Um, like a very, very slight hint of rosemary. And then you go to uh, uh, lemongrass and a little bit of um, underripe melon. Would you say the nose is like slate rock almost? Or am I completely off on that? <laughs> no, the, the nose actually... Uh, um, the nose actually has a bit of petrichor uh, that uh, smell when you right before you smell rain or oh, before yeah, rain. Oh, yeah, I could that, see that for sure. Absolutely. Far off, cement's wet somewhere kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It definitely Very, does. very beautiful thought, actually. But when I was doing wine pop-ups at the laundry and when we did events, and you and I have had this conversation before, it's really, 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 really easy to roll your eyes at tasting notes and taste descriptions from beverage professionals because <laughs> you you your immediate reaction is like oh god come on just like tell me if it's any good is it gonna go with my scallops but my skin the um the fact is is that every one of us is a subjective human who tastes things differently based on what we've what we brought from ourselves to the particular moment where we're tasting what we had for breakfast this morning um all of our associations with any of these smells or tastes so we are in this position where we have to use really imperfect symbols words to describe something subjective to you which then will be filtered through your subjectivity and hopefully we'll translate to your understanding of a beverage that you're tasting. I'm quite aware that I'm it. ridiculous. Well, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> but I, but remember that that's what this is. That's why we have to do it because somebody has got to describe what the hell this stuff tastes right. like. And you try to do it as best you can, but yeah. it, it can, it can be for some people tiresome, but just remember that's right. just us trying to like, convey what we're and it's not we're even subjectively tasting to you it's not even with just wine either it's all spirits. it's everything like yeah. you know every bourbon is going to have some type of barrel or caramel or vanilla yeah. flavor and it's it, bourbon's easier those. because bourbon's like a big shaggy dog and it's really right easy. right yeah yeah but wine trying to is, find those different intricacies and then portray them to someone else can be you know can be tough challenging sometimes but just know that a son puts a lot of thought into his tasting notes and these don't come flying out you've thought about these for a long time before you I mean, sometimes stuff. there are there are, there have been times with uh, wine, um, and 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 one of the reasons I love wine is because it it causes. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna sound like I do yoga and and, and smoke a lot of weed, but there have been times when wine has literally br brought me into the moment and it made made me thoughtless for a second. I mean, like it stopped everything, and I was just kind of there, mm -hmm. and that's why I chose to chase this dragon, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, is because of those those few times in which you take a sip of something where everything just is not, but you are, and so is that wine. And so then you Scotch, slow your mind down. Scott shows that to me every time, somewhere between my ninth and tenth one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get to yelling. <laughs> I start looking down memory lane, checking out regrets, and then there it is, that, well, that's that why very comfortable void. Staring right back. And that's why Crown Royal comes with a bag is for your regrets. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, all joking aside, like that is, uh, that can be that way. Like I, it had it happened to me. Like we tasted um, 
a product from Compass Box last oh, week yeah. that like completely stopped us in our tracks. Like, yes. We just kind of, and that's all we could say about it for five minutes was, oh, it's so good. <laughs> but you know, you know why you yeah. think it's good, but you can't, you can't say and that. that's it. Already... It takes you a minute. It takes a minute for your brain to pick apart those pieces that decided why it was good because it was so good. It was a bit overwhelming for a second. It was <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. it was just, well, hell, I need a minute to yeah. feel this. Yeah. And this, uh, and that's the thing about Italian white wines is that as we've talked about, Moscato and Pinot Grigio are the things that people talk about, but we're, we're trying to introduce you to some things that you might not be able to find at your grocery store. You might, depending on whether you're at a Whole Foods or not, but, um, <laughs> what about an old but <laughs> if you want to stop by a local mom and pop wine shop, a lot of these places are going to have an iteration of this. So it doesn't have to be an Ama Suave Classico, but Suave in general is going to have the characteristics that we're talking about. So even if you can't find the labels that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, trying to show today, um, the varietals will carry a lot of these very specific things as varietals should. They should have distinct characteristics. And so having said that, we're going to move on to another uh, distinct characteristic in uh, Robola Giala. Just remember, too, um, one thing that I've found success with when I'm going out and looking for wine is try to patronize and engage with people who are passionate about their lists, who have written their wine list for a reason, who have stocked their shelves for a reason, because these wine shelves at these stores and these wine lists at these restaurants will reflect the passions of the people who are involved with them. So you're going to get to learn a little bit about that buyer. You're going to learn that these lists have a personality and that's yeah. cool. You know, that yep. you'll get to taste some really, really fun, interesting things that, that are passions for the people who are providing them for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should actually clarify something. I wanted to show everyone. Um, when you're looking for Italian wines, okay, so there's a lot of things about Italy that don't function well in terms of the government. Like the, their football team? Oh, my oh, God. Oh, savage burn. Sorry, guys. Four so many years. crying grown men. Four more years for a World, Why World Cup. Why do this to me? Why do this to me? Yes. Have a bunch of beautiful people who are very sad. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Don't worry, wipe this not off your mustache, lady. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so... <laughs> Francesca's pissed. <laughs> I'm getting in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there's a lot of things about Italy that don't work, but there are some things that work incredibly well, like their Ministry of Tourism is fantastic, and their Ministry of Wine. So they have this very, very specific thing that they do with some of their top wines and some of their top regions. Um, they actually uh, give them a government label. And this light blue one or this blue one is a DOC label. Um, that means denominazione di origine uh, controllata, which is a guarantee by the Italian government that that region has been very, very thoroughly uh, vetted in terms of the quality of wine they're, they're producing. So it's kind of important uh, when you're looking at... And, and, We'll get to some other stuff later, but it's kind of important that if you're looking at a, a classic style wine to find one of these or the brown label, which is DOCG, and that's even higher. And this is just a, a for the people who aren't watching. This is just a, a strip, like a neck yeah. strip. It's like a little neck strip. It'll be up and down the bottle or it'll be around. Sometimes the over wire. the top. Yeah, sometimes yeah. over the top. Uh, Sylvester Stallone always goes over the top. Yeah. Yes, he does. Um, as a quick aside, do they also do that in Spain with some Spanish wines or no? Spain has uh, two royal uh, regions, and they are Priorat and Rioja. 
Okay. Um, the rest of the regions are noted, but they have two that have, uh, by their wine ministry, have have excelled in terms of what they produce and the style, uh, the style and the uh, the varietals that they produce. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so this one is uh, Poderi di Carlo. It's a uh, Robola Gialla. Uh, Robola Gialla actually originates in Croatia, but it's mostly made in Italy. So this is some good stuff that is going to have some unusual tropical notes. Um, the region that this is from is Northeast Italy, uh, actually uh, borders Croatia and Austria. Uh, uh, it is from uh, Venezia, Friuli. That's another thing with assumptions about Italian wine. I feel like a lot of people, when they think of Italian wine, think solely of Tuscany and, and further south, Sicily, et cetera, and forget that so much of the high quality stuff is actually produced in the north. Especially when it comes to white wines, uh, northern Italy, a lot of northern Italy, actually, several of these wines that we're trying that are, that are uh, very lovely, crispy white wines are made in regions that were formerly Germany. So uh, this region was formerly Austria before um, World War II. Uh, often when you drive in these regions, you'll find that these street signs are written in German first and Italian second, and a lot of the surnames are still German or Germanic in uh, origin. So uh, Robola Giallo was something I'd actually discovered with John. We were tasting, uh, I believe, with either Nick or um, Antoine. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of caught me off guard. This was, yeah, this would have been like four or five years ago, probably. Yeah. It's kind of like tart on the nose, no? It's um, floral. Um, the notes I have are floral with a hint of acacia, uh, the flower acacia. It, you know, I ate so much acacia at one party. Um, <laughs> that kind of made me sick. I, I didn't, I haven't really gone back to it. You acacia yourself out? It was, the, it was a really intense night. The last time I had acacia was, uh, I was somewhere in the Sargasso Sea and uh, yeah, <laughs> watching the sun. I read the book; it was beautiful. <laughs> watching the sun go down and hallucinating wildly about horses. <laughs> well, listening to Neil Young. <laughs> mm. The acidity on this bad boy is banging. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's, it's everywhere. It starts to peak, but then spreads. Yes, yeah, yeah across yeah. the palate. Uh, metallic minerality, uh, but not in a bad way. Um, mm. On the on the tail end of tasting, and and lovely tropical notes. Mm -hmm. Remember, acidity's not bad; it's good. In wine, it's really really good. Think about what you're going to eat when you drink this wine. Think about any sauce that you might be using or any I fat. Really want a freaking lobster tail right now. Sure, with drawn butter. Uh, I don't even need the butter. <laughs> well, I don't even need a fork. I'll eat it with my fist. <laughs> I, I I will eat it head down. Yep. Hassan's always my go-to guy, too. Like, I'll be making something in the summer. I'll be like, Hassan, what wine do I want with this spicy as fuck, you know, cream sauce? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. I've never, uh, I've never tasted this particular Rebola Gialis. Um, there is something uh, very, very herbaceous on the sides, uh, mid-palate that I just got on the second taste and I didn't notice it before. I've actually had this before, but I did not notice this before. Maybe it's this bottle or this season. Uh, 
Is this a 2022? This is a 2020 as well. Uh, a 2020 as well, excuse me. There are no 2022s out right now. There better not be. They don't pick until <laughs> September. <laughs> if, if you're drinking that a 2022, it's a toilet bowl Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> or you've fucked up the space-time continuum and you are existing in a very strange reality. I'm telling you, it's Jiffy Peanut Butter. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn Mandela. Yeah. This is awesome. And yeah. uh, just an idea because people will want to know like where are we at like retail wise with these these couple bottles i don't in the in the bottles that i'm showing you right now are uh some of the um they're not necessarily the reserve bottles or the um the top tier bottles but we're looking at anywhere from 11 to 14 dollars until we get to the very end which we're looking at about 30 bucks for the frankie Accord. so that means you not have enough to get bottles to drink while you're cooking yes and during the meal which is always kind of nice because it's also affordable enough to say if you need a white wine in the sauce and that's appropriate you should always um cook with what you're about to drink if possible cooking with bad wine is not a good idea how how liberal can i be with my speech on this there uh, yeah no we're good yeah. Okay. yeah why it's a 21 it's shit. a 21 and up show <laughs> because this wine makes me feel don't like don't I don't I, if you admit a crime yeah don't do that or imply a crime <laughs> what do you think i'm some kind of rapper <laughs> no i'm just saying like we didn't we don't have a, a, a we don't have anything that people sign <laughs> we're still very new at this <laughs> there's not going to be a rico case <laughs> we're all going down no what i was going to say was this wine makes me feel like I just got a promotion from middle management. I'm going to go home and give that lady the best three minutes of missionary she's had. Oh. <laughs> See, that's Miles that's on for this show. It's business time. That, folks, it's is why they call time. them business socks. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, there we go. There you, go. <laughs> you ready, honey? Oh, Booms is going to be so sad she missed this one. <laughs> I know. And I now am very interested in my next conversation with Brooke. How is she doing, by the way? Doing great? <laughs> She is fantastic. She's browner now because she's in Florida. She's going to listen to this show and be like, come on, man. <laughs> she's like, this is what you did while I was gone. <laughs> hey, baby. Yeah, that's, that's, that is a, that's a gesture. <laughs> that's, that's happening. I don't, I don't know how to stop that. That train left the station. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to be on it. Oh, this one we tried beforehand. This is Ooh, great. This is yeah. stupid good. It is from Metallica. Yes. So, no, that's, that's, Metallica that's a is actually a region. <laughs> yeah. Um, James was a whole conversation. The, hey, they're a very um, litigious group, so make sure that we <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> clarify yeah. that. For real, Formerly great speed metal band, now very, very average. Dad metal band, ha Metallica has no... Their music sounds like... Uh, involvement with this wine at all. Metallica doesn't. Um, actually, the, the larger region is Marche. Um, Marche is in central eastern Italy. So in the, if you look at the middle of the boot, it's the calf. Um, it, it, it's on the, uh, it's on the East coast. Um, one of the things that they pride themselves on in this region is growing close to the sea so that they can have, uh, what, what they think the Tewa, uh, actually changes the wine into what we got yeah. out of this thing earlier. And it's, it's, um, it is fantastic. Um, this is the bridal that made me start to appreciate indigenous italian bridles oh the uh bridal is verdicchio i love this stuff verdicchio di metallica and again you'll notice the little blue thing there yeah um 
the Rebola Giala, by the way, is what is called an IGT. Uh, so even this is how good Italian wines are. Even when you're breaking the rules, they have rules about breaking the rules. Uh, and IGT means uh, Indicazione Geografica Tipica, which means that it's a grape typically grown in the region that is up for getting a DOC status, but has not yet. So, uh, so like, it was like Martin Scorsese all the way through the 70s and 80s. And 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get Eventually, an I'll get an Oscar. <laughs> Couldn't get an Oscar. Um, the Verdicchio is almost colorless. It's a very, very pale straw. On the nose, it's fairly easy. Um, Slightly sweet, though, no? On the nose? It smells a bit like hibiscus. Um, yeah. And a little bit of beeswax. I've had Verdicchios that I love that I almost thought the nose would literally gave me very little like almost nothing like it can be extremely like it smells like wine sort of wine you know yeah yeah no i, I know exactly <laughs> like uh, when i was when i was a kid um and being in the kitchen uh at my family's house on the holidays meant that there was being uh, there was wine being tossed around and there was champagne being tossed around and and there was food um and then there was the cooking wine which Forgive me, family. Um, <laughs> we used cooking wine, which is not wine. <laughs> you should use only wines you would drink for your cooking. That I used to think that that was bullshit. And then long ago, I finally came around to it. And it if you're not doing it, it makes all the difference in the world on your sauces. Yeah, I don't think I've ever used a cooking wine to make anything. Mainly because I'm friends with both of you, and you would be like, "What are you thinking, boy?" <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but we're also older too, and that's, True, yeah, that yeah. that was a generational thing. Like our my parents' generation, um, you know, they started discovering wine. A lot of them came into you know this type of culture that created the culture that we're in now, where people appreciated it, but not everybody. And I didn't come from a wine drinking family, so well, I, I I did come. We from had a bottle of we had a, bi a box of Francia. I came from a wine drinking family. My dad used to host wine parties in the seventies, and I don't, I'm not sure what those turned into because I went to bed. You know, like they were nine. sexy, and there was a lot of brown paper bags leaving. But whatever, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just I know Ira, a little bit Ira. about your dad's musical taste, and I know that it was a sexy party. It was probably pretty sexy. It's uh, like bow, 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 lots bow, of uh, lots of low collars. Yes, yes. Lots of whispering. Mm. <laughs> all in wood panel rooms yes yeah yeah um and shag carpet yep avocado colored shag oh color. yeah <laughs> my great grandma's shag carpet was a nice fine dark mustard color mm. and we didn't know it was from the dirt there's a lot of brown that, and orange. i believe we yeah. call that burnt umber burnt yes, umber. yes yes that sounds right. yeah. that's yeah. a it's a very intimate tone <laughs> it is oh if i could find a fridge that color these days yep <laughs> But this is this is great food wine for me. This is perfect for the greenest of bitter green salads. It is perfect for big flavored fishes like your fatty fishes, salmon and swordfish and things like that. It would pair very well with. So this is grown seaside and the initial salinity of it is apparent up front, but once that salinity breaks and and leaves you, you get this 
explosion of acidity, almost dancing acidity. And you can tell that this has been left on the lees, the spent yeast for a while because the, uh, so when, when something's been left on lees for a while, it's that feeling you get on your tongue where it feels almost like it's effervescing, but it's not. Oh, okay. That's Never what's that. happening Got with it. this thing. Stylistically very popular now. Very popular yeah. now because I think, and, 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 I think we have Moscato to thank for that, honestly, so do because think... people got used to having a little fat bubble in their in their wine. Yeah. I mean, Vino Verde, people got hit yeah. Vino Verde too. I so, think. do you think that's what's that going on with um with Chocolina? Oh no, Chocolina it's is different. actually uh, effervesced. It oh, it is. is? Okay. Barely. Gotcha. Barely. Yeah, they yeah, they, they put is. like blankets on it, right? They they, they kind of trap it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Chocolina is a whole different. This is a Spanish, Spanish style, expression yeah. of uh, Honduribe and. Both of its forms, um, very specific to Basque country. It is only grown there. Yeah. There is not another place in the world that it's grown, which is basically like another separate country inside of Spain. And it's so. It good. is. <laughs> it is. So well, the Basques are. Uh, the Basques are. So if you look at some of the restaurants that have come out of Basque country and some of the wineries that have come out of Basque country, you can tell that the Basque have a history of being seafaring folk because they traded a lot. And so um, when you are moving around a lot like that, like, you know, Phoenicians, essentially, um, you're encountering a lot of different spices. You're encountering a lot of different foods. You're encountering a lot of different combinations. So you bring those home to what is also native to you and you combine these things. Yeah. Um, some of the top three-star restaurants uh michelin rated in the world have been in basque country for a reason and i think it's i think it's the ability to see beyond what is local and see what's international but what also fits locally mm -hmm. um, new orleans was a city like that new orleans and the birth of its, like its culinary culture um but back to this wine this wine is a fantastic food wine so we started off with suave, which is very, very soft, and you wouldn't want a fatty fish with that, but you would want something lean. Uh, you'd want some a, a lean fish, a white fish, if you will. Um, you'd, you'd want a mild green salad. Uh, you wouldn't want to overpower the suave, and you wouldn't want the suave to overpower what you're eating. This one is a bit more bombastic than either of the previous two that we mm -hmm. tried. For sure, I think yeah. We're building up. Yeah. Um, where do you, where would you want? Uh, what would you want with Bronzino? It's a very traditional Italian dish. Depends if it's a bronzino piccata, I would probably go for this. But if it was a traditional just roasted bronzino with a little bit of citrus, I'd probably go for the suave. So, like, if you were doing something with a bit more punch, yeah. this one, if I was doing something milder, I'd go with the suave. Because I feel like this around. can stand up to a lot. This can stand up to a lot of things, including some pork dishes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I This would be really sure. good with Chicken. a porchetta chicken easily yeah. oh easily easily with any kind of poultry even pheasant uh or duck um duck because of its fatty richness would be really good with this the the, the um slice through that oil the mineral properties of this and the acidity would definitely slice through the oil these are the worst caps the san pellegrino caps yeah yeah they're awful <laughs> san pell what are you doing again italy italy what's going on yeah. italy? you're making great wines but ring What's what's Balls up with this everyone. plastic metal cap thing you got going on? You can't make up your mind. What's Highly unfortunate. Yep. Anyhow, what do we got next, Hassan? We have an Arnace next. So Arnace is a full-bodied white wine. Um, I wanted to put Arnace on this because I think a lot of people get stuck. 
I like Chardonnay. I, I tried like to pour this by buttery. the glass of the laundry. Not this particular one, but this varietal. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was crickets everywhere. That's because people can't wrap their heads around it. <laughs> um, well, it's not that they can't. It's just they won't. Well, it was wrong time, too, because that was like 2011, 2010 when I was trying to do it. So this is a this is the DOCG label. Uh, this is a very fine wine from Piemonte. Piemonte is a region of Italy that is northwest Italy that actually even has their own um, their own uh, dialect of Italian. Arnese uh, in Piemontese means little rascal. Uh, this grape, a variety, a, a region known for red varietals. To most people, very known. Like yeah. uh, if you've had a Barbaresco or Barolo anytime recently. Or uh, if you never have one, go out and drink one tomorrow, right now. Not even tomorrow. Do it (laughs) right now. Pause this podcast. Go out and buy one. Let it it breathe. Open it tonight. Drink it tomorrow. (laughs) Um, uh, A Nebbiolo de Lange. uh, So um, Barbera de Asti and Nebbiolo de Lange are probably the two most famous grapes from this region. But Arnace is the white varietal that is grown in this region. Uh, Just north of uh, Asti is where this is grown. Um, It is from uh, Roero. So Roero is the sub-appellation in Arnais. Um, This wine is (laughs) lacking in color. It's very pale. Uh, The grape is apparently a huge pain in the ass to grow. It's almost the same shade as my skin on camera. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say it's darker. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely darker. Well played, sir. He's a a pasty fellow. (laughs) Which is weird because I'm part Maltese, so I don't know. Really? (laughs) But I'm mainly German and Polish and French, so. Yeah. I mean, Brooke's Palestinian with blue eyes, so. Fair. There's that. It's the melting pot, you know. Merck. <laughs> also, Foley, I love that you wore your uh, Run the Jewels shirt today. Yeah, you like that? Was that because Hassan was coming? No, it was on the top of the pot. It was, was. on the top of the pot. No, don't mind. I need to pop a little color. It's like 60 out. It's very true. Yeah. It's very I'm hot. I mean, it's, it's beautifully hot. I'm, I'm coming out of my, like, wear all black. By the way, if you don't know, uh, shout out to RTJ. Uh, <laughs> shout out to my boy Amici. Yes. Uh, y'all know who you are. We'll be working together soon. Yeah, come see us. Come see us again at uh, at R and R. Thanks for the thanks for the um, the goodie bag the full swag of stuff. Box, yeah, yeah, that that um, that jump jacket I got. I'm, I have a hard time not wearing it every single day. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a great jacket. Yeah. The fact that this plus bar, your coffee's awesome. Yes, the fact that this bar is only a couple steps removed from on the jewels is so dope. <laughs> yeah, that's really, yeah. Thanks, guys. It makes right. feel really really cool. If you're ready to. Okay, so we went boom, boom, boom. This is boom. Yeah. All right. Huge. Jumps out of the glass. Oh wow! Yeah. And it's yeah. not just acidity. There's there's full just and big, like full, clean, lean fruit running. Yeah. All the way through that thing. It's it's uh, well, this one in in particular for me um, has a lot of orange blossom and pear. Just like I've never been smacked by an orange blossom, but I imagine if an orange blossom had hands and would smack me. That'd be it. I feel like there was a girl named Orange Blossom who almost slapped me once, but it was a really busy party. I don't mm. know. There were, I've never known anybody named Orange Blossom. There <laughs> was ecstasy involved. I never, see, that was not my scene. No. That was never my scene. Okay. Break the light stick. <laughs> but, um, so, <laughs> uh, now, 
it's been a while. I've been in the spirits world for like six years. Um, <laughs> Moscato is is also of this region. Yeah. Right? So an orange blossom and an oranges in general are a tasting note. Um, very prevalent. Uh, yeah. very it's, prevalent a, it's, a, it's definitely so, a terroir driven. Uh, right. And I think that there are people, especially well in the spirits world, for sure, who claim that terroir doesn't exist in spirits and downplay it in which is in bullshit. Wine too, which is bullshit, which is horseshit. <laughs> and it's a taste in our nace from um, from the long or, or Piedmont. And, and knowing that that is also a flavor note in Moscato, that kind of carryover is fascinating to me. That we can have this kind of stamp. I think, it's, I think it's very important to actually note things like that because when people say terroir doesn't matter, that's utter bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So for instance, when you're looking, when you're when you're in the grocery store and you're having your freaking uh, Marlboro Sauv Blanc that's at 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 the uh, end cap there that you're gonna take home, um, all of that grapefruit and the mild tropical fruit and the disappointing back end. I said that on purpose. <laughs> the disappointing back end it is. Um, it's all sexy time up front. Yeah. But ladies, he's not going to finish it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Just wants to sit outside and shoot threes. Yes, That's yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but no, I mean. Doesn't want to go inside. Doesn't want to go We've inside. talked about terroir being like an actual thing before on this podcast. We're talking about rum and it applies to wine as well. well. It, but it applies yeah. to everything. What yeah. I was, my point with Marlboro was that Marlboro is a lot of granite and, um, and, some limestone when you start looking at like Puy Fume and you start looking at uh um Sancerre, you're looking at uh, uh Portlandian limestone uh which Kimmeridgian limestone has the little sediments of seashells which calcify the limestone more and and transfer more acidity in Malone de Burgoyne uh, 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 Malone de Burgoyne uh, uh Muscats are Muscades rather Muscadet, excuse me yeah. are fantastic there as a result of that uh move further inland uh which still used to be submerged and you've got portlandian uh, limestone which does not have that and imparts a little bit of granite and then you're looking at more uh stable levels of flavor so when you're looking at uh, loire valley soft block versus marlboro soft block you have a more stable if you if you could make it like a sine curve it would be a more stable three hits of flavor starting with uh um mild ruby red if not white grapefruit to um mild tropical fruit to uh spiced peach on the back end and so boom 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 um with marlboro because of the actual kind of ground it's grown in and some of the windier places that it's grown you get this big pushy ruby red grapefruit up front and more notables, uh, uh, gooseberry cat pee. We call it cat pee. He's saying cat pee. To say that. <laughs> it smells like cat pee up front. If I'm ruining Sauv Blanc from Marlboro for you, good. Try some Loire uh, Sauv Blancs. But anyway, you get pushy grapefruit. Then you get maybe a big, bright, very short hit of tropical fruit. And then the peach on the back end is, yeah. That last, that last push, <laughs> that that yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no. Okay. Did you finish? No. <laughs> I'm terrible. That's all right. Uh, this, the thing that I keep coming back to is again, these are really, really affordable bottles. So if you're listening to the podcast or watching it and say like, well, you know what, man, I don't know if I care about all that. I just want to drink the wine. I just want something to taste good. 
Well, good. You will get something that tastes really, really good. You will get something that's that's delicious and will probably inform what you eat. And you still will be paying about what you normally pay for wine. So before we get the Frankie Accorda, uh, this Arnace was fifteen fifty, um, which is the most expensive bottle deal. But um, the Suave is is uh, fifteen dollars. The Verdicchio is twelve dollars. There's a there's one on here honorable mention, Colorado from Sicily that we didn't use. Uh, we thought that the uh, the the Verdicchio out, out it jumped it. it it jumped all over it yeah. yeah but the Verdicchio was less expensive than the one that we didn't use and and, and the uh, Casale Borgio uh, Catarado is thirteen fifty there has never been a better time in the world to drink great cheap wine than there is right now I'm talking what I'm saying to you by by mentioning these prices what I'm saying to you is the average price of a grocery store uh, first pick um, we're talking about your yellowtails we're talking about your barefoots. Your barefoots are going for $8.99, $9.99 a bottle. Uh, your yellowtails are going for $10, $11. I'm talking a dollar more to $3 more for something significantly better in terms of being a product, in terms of coming from hands that actually care about what they're doing with their wine. Um, and by the way, almost everything that I've poured uh, uh, today is um, organic and sustainable. Uh, nice. as is law in Italy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, help the earth, help you. Yeah. Drink Italian wine. And good growing, <laughs> good growing techniques lead to good wine. And I think it's important to say too, like if you don't have, like if you're not like me and you don't have friends who know, know wine really well and drink wine all the time, like if you go into a reputable wine shop, don't be afraid to ask, you know, the clerk or the store owner, like, Hey, this is what I'm cooking. I would like, yeah. you know, a red or a white to pair with it. And yep. they'll help you out. Like, don't be scared and don't, don't just I'm always small, get yeah, yellow I'll still ask people. I <laughs> yeah. mean, like, honestly, because the people in the store, I mind you, I haven't tasted everything. Yeah. I'm still learning and, and, and I will never stop learning. I walk into a wine shop. I'm assuming the guy in the wine shop, if he's the owner or even one of the one of the guys that's that's been there a while, I'm assuming that that man or lady has probably tasted a lot of the product on the wall, and Absolutely. that's why it's on the wall. So I'm going to ask him. Yeah. Yo, yeah. I'm looking at these three. Which one impressed you the most? Yep. Yeah. My point is just like don't always go to your go-tos, you know, your yellow tails or your, yeah, your don't whatever. Let that, don't let that scary French and Italian on the label yeah. freak just you out. Yeah. You can't pronounce it doesn't mean it's not delicious. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, like <laughs> there are a couple of these that I could choke on while trying to pronounce. But <laughs> yeah, but they are delicious. Yeah, they are. And uh, this one, um, the explosiveness of this wine. I would actually prefer this to, uh, 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 unless it's, you know, there's certain producers of Chardonnay uh, from Burgundy that I really, truly do love. But, I mean, I'd put this wine up against 90% of big-bodied Chards easily. Yeah. Over. Yeah. I would love to be invited to that blind tasting. This is I'll go to that in a heartbeat. Fat this bottom fat, shards. <laughs> fat bottom shards. Fat bottom shards. Make burgundy go round. Oh, yes, they do. Um, do we have one more before the last one? We have, no, we have, we well, have. we're gonna we're gonna sign off with bubbles. We're okay, cool. sign off with some bubbles. Yeah. Cool. Am no. I grabbing that now? You're yeah. grabbing that now. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
I haven't tasted that in a while. That's awesome. That's great. And that one's a it's a it's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'm really happy with this one. This one and the Verdicchio for me are probably the two. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had any of these. So these were all really fun. I mean, not not these particular labels have had these uh varietals. Varietals, yeah. I don't think he's gonna need that wine key guy. Oh no. So this one I've had before. This stuff is great. So uh, Frankie Acorta is the Italian version of Chardonnay, or Chardonnay, Champagne, excuse me. Um, actually, it's not the Italian version of Champagne. And I say that, I want to correct myself because uh, the rules for this are actually more strict than they are for Champagne. So... If it's not from the Champagne region, it's just sparkling wine. Also, actually, Japanese single malt is not Japanese scotch. No. Stop doing that. Yes. It's its you. own product. Its region is completely different. They make whiskey in Japan, too. You don't get to call it Japanese scotch. That's a bad thing. Um, Real quick, Hassan, should we have flutes for this? No. no. Okay. So yeah. here's my thing with flutes. Um Flutes. I think I hate flutes for the same reason that you do. Flutes so. are stupid. <laughs> okay. Flutes are dumb. <laughs> no, I mean, like, honestly, there's no reason for a flute. Uh, a flute is to make you look fancy and to make your hands look slimmer. And, and, and flutes are for wealthy white women on diets. I don't know. <laughs> well, luckily, I don't need a flute because as the rest of me smells, I still have these nice little spider fingers that are still very thin. <laughs> as the rest of me smells. Like sands to the hourglass. Like sands to the hourglass. me a song on the piano. Yep, still skinny fingers. <laughs> so anyway, Frankie Accorda is this very, very um, unique thing from Lombardy. Uh, Lombardy is in the central north of Italy and again, used to be Germany. Um, as a matter of fact, everybody has this idea about Italians that, of, of, the, of the whole color scheme thing. Uh, Lombardies uh, tend to be blonde or redheaded uh, with very light eyes, green and blue. Um, there are lots of blonde Italians. There are a lot of blonde Italians, but, you know, America. But not in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got every knuckles. You can't be an, you can't be an Italian. Bing bong. <laughs> so. Oh God! So, how many fingers do you use when you point at somebody? Because if you're a stereotypical Italian, you use three of them. Three fingers. We follow you on You want a fresh one? You want a fresh one? <laughs> exactly like Pollywanas. That's yes. what I was thinking. So, um, Frankie Acorta uh, is really cool because it actually uh, has to be um, vinified for 25 months. It has to see the yeast for 18 months, uh, at least, just to be called Frankie Acorta. Um, and then, uh, and if it has an age statement on it, that means that it has, uh, been aged for at least 37 months and 30 months with yeast. So there are some really strict rules. You'll notice again, DOCG. Uh, so this is fancy stuff. Yeah, this is pretty fancy. Uh, denominazione, uh, denominazione, uh, di origine controllata garantita. Yes. That means that shit's guaranteed. Yeah, it is. I'm turning it's got on. its bona fides. I don't know also, once again, sparkling wine is not just for special occasions. It's for no, all no, the no. time. And it's the and greatest aperitif in the world. This is why I'm introducing this is because like sparkling wines don't have to be champagne. This isn't champagne. It's less expensive than champagne, but the rules are stiffer than uh, champagne, honestly. Um, the grapes are very, very similar. 
So we are using typically a combination of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. However, um, uh, Pinot Nero and Pinot Bianco can be added. Um, there is a Seitan version that has at least uh, 70% uh, uh, Chardonnay. 70% more yeah. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, also, when opening your champagne. Which makes it the most metal of all sparkling wine. Recently. Try yeah, to do yeah. it quietly. Try to control the cork. You may be celebrating, but somebody else may have had the worst day in their life, and they don't want to hear your little stupid pop and, and you giggling about, sure. I got some crystal, son. Ooh, can we get some big booty hoes so I can pour this down the bucket? <laughs> you know what? I called a few people, but nobody was available to come. Yeah. Yeah. They were all busy. I'm just saying my network is a little smaller than it used to be. I'm, I'm in my 40s now. <laughs> I did wear my thong. So Did um, you? We can, we Thank can, you. I feel. I mean, it's a little hairy. I didn't know <laughs> that it was going to be me. But be a separate. Uh, what color is it? It's probably mm, it's yellow. Look forward to Hassan's OnlyFans for the last five minutes. And we have about five minutes left, so uh, yes, we do. Yep. Let's uh, let's enjoy this bubbly. So on the nose, one of the things that I note for this is fresh baked bread. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that I, I, I think is an extension of the yeast itself. Um, <laughs> What it's there though no about? but it's there it's, it's just it's so funny like that kind of like super strange associative thing like when when it when the it power also of suggestion applies, well no but when it also applies to to your palate and you can act, you kind of get it you're like wow that's so fucking weird like these yeah. strange connections that you can make between things Ooh. in the world are just delightful Ooh. yeah yeah you never had this this uh no. before not this one but any oh Franke Accord is a little sharper than champagne typically. And this is. Um, I mean, uh, I love so wine. It, it, when I say brute, that means it's going to be drier than dry. It's it's very, very dry. There's very little sweetness, but the sharpness of the Pinot Noir is actually shining through on this a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. So Pinot Noir uh, in, in champagnes uh, usually adds a bit of drive through um, in linearity. Uh, otherwise, the champagne is, is uh, very creamy. And goes across the palate and Frankie Accorda because they can use a little bit more Pinot Noir. The drive of linearity in the mid in the in the center palate in the middle of your tongue, right down the channel, is right there. It goes, yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> I love this so much more than champagne. Do you? Yeah. I I, really I think it's easier to drink. Yeah. Um, the bubble is not quite as fine. Mm. It's a it's a little more a little looser. It's, not, it's yep. less creamy, but yep. I think at the same time it offers uh, a breadth that champagne doesn't have. Yes. And also, dude, thirty dollars for this. Now, Ooh. if I'm looking at a champagne yep. of equivalent value, I'm ninety bucks minimum, seventy five to ninety. Yeah. So and expensive. then we can we can really. I mean, if we start talking about Tatanger and and other other product, oh my god, can, uh, so much north of that. Yeah. Even the even the uh, Seitan. Uh, and the Illuminato, I'm saying that wrong. Satan anyway. and the Illuminati? <laughs> Shit. They know everything. Oh my God. <laughs> Hide your wives. <laughs> yeah. so we're talking about Italy and we're talking about Northern anyway, anyway, It the, makes me think of Full Call's Pendulum, like Roberto Eco is a Northern <laughs> Italian writer. And he's got this like, super fucking crazy book all about all about that stuff, really. Even the, uh, the vintage drunken versions of this were still only getting north of a hundred dollars by which a is not bit. bad at no all. no no, no. Yeah. especially if you're if in you're the market for great something. sparkling 
Frankie Accorda is the way to go, you man. Can, you can spend that, no problem. Kava or Frankie Accorda. And, and, and the reason I introduced this is because everybody thinks Prosecco is similar to Champagne Glera. Not. And the production is very different. The bubble is very different. The, the, the production style is very different. It's not the same at all. See, it we had this problem in the late 80s and early 90s when Hollywood producers thought that Steven Seagal was similar to a regular good action hero. <laughs> he was not. He was not. Okay, he was no Stallone. He had a very shiny ponytail that was quite distracting. He very runs true. with noodle arms. Very true. Hold on. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to hit you in the throat real quick. <laughs> Throw it in your refrigerator. <laughs> I win. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, we got to wrap this up. Uh, Hassan, you have some books in front of you. Did you want to shout those out at all? I did. I do. Uh, Okay, so this one's not terribly expensive. This is uh, the Wine Folly um, Magnum Edition. Madeline Puckett and uh, Justin Hammock have done this incredible thing where they use infographics to inform you about styles of wine and uh, flavor characteristics regionality it's it's digestible information for those of you that super are interested yeah you would give it to a new server yeah at, at a wine I, restaurant. I, absolutely yeah. as a matter of fact we have actually used this in our development program at the laundry yep. uh for information and um this for the more advanced people uh hugh and hugh johnson and jansen's robinson jansen's robinson is considered one of the foremost experts in wine vinification uh varietal styles um profiling flavors etc uh this is the the world atlas of wine the eighth edition uh, it's a little bit more expensive but it is it has been um complete as far as my studying for the l3 uh psalm exam uh, I'm scared of that one. Anyway, um, <laughs> you can do it. I'm, I'm a little worried it. about it. I got to be, got to be honest. But anyway, uh, when you pass, we'll have the celebration party here. I'll give you like the back five tables. And if yes. I don't pass, you'll you'll find me in some in the corner of the bar with some. You'll, you'll find me cow. in some dirty underwear oh. in my house in the backyard <laughs> oh, in the no. back corner by the flowers. Yeah, sitting there in my wife feeder. Oh. Tank top. We don't say white feeder. No, we don't. Yes, that's very I'm true. I'm 50. I'm allowed to say these things. <laughs> oh so anyway, um, if you're interested in learning a little bit more, those books are are kind of key in actually understanding wine a little bit. I know we all sound ridiculous as wine professionals. We say these silly, silly words that we learned in our English literature uh, uh, one and two level classes in college, and we use these ridiculous descriptives. But we are trying, and we are literally endeavoring to understand the wine ourselves and convey that information to you as best we can. Here, here. My point in introducing you to Italian whites is to introduce you to something that is not only affordable, but fantastic and levels above a lot of the grocery store end cap uh, uh, wines that you're going to find. Um, go a little bit outside your way and go to a mom pop wine shop or, or go to a total wine if you have to and, and, and check some of the stuff out. Um, uh, make an effort. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have about three minutes left. I can lock you in for a fall red show, right? Yeah, let's yeah. do it again. Oh, yeah. yeah, we yeah. should d- decide whether or not it's like Spanish stuff or Rhone stuff. That could be a Ooh. lot of fun. Oh, if man, we're doing Spanish, I'm already Because I'm going to do it, and we can decide uh, uh, offline about that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, 
before I say goodbye to everybody, I, man, I, I have a lot of fond memories of discovering wine with you from the laundry, and we don't get to hang out that much anymore. So thanks for being on the show. Yes, thank you so much, Hassan. Really it was a real it. fun time. Yeah. No, this <laughs> was awesome. This was awesome. I, I obviously haven't done anything like this before. I feel fancy. I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead. There, there we go. You killed there it. We yes. There we go. Right. Um, before we sign off, uh, be sure to check out all of our social medias. Relief and Resource Company on Facebook, Relief and Resource yeah. on Instagram, and Relief underscore Resource on Twitter. Some more classes coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come holla at your boy at Single Barrel yeah. Social, too. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll you yeah I haven't Single been there yet. Social, yeah. yeah. All right, All right gentlemen. Cheers, cheers, guys. Sancha, saludi muchas suertes. Prost. Whatever. Adios, everybody. Later, Thank guys. you again. Thanks. <laughs> this is quickly going to be outside of my talent wheelhouse so let's, let's tone it down it's not the same at all see it we had this problem in the late 80s and early 90s when hollywood producers thought that steven seagal was similar to a regular good action hero <laughs> he was not he was not. okay he was no stallone he had a very shiny ponytail that was quite distracting it's he runs true. with noodle arms very true hold on yes <laughs> yes I'm going to hit you in the throat real quick. <laughs> Throw it in your refrigerator. <laughs> I win. <laughs>